welcome to Grace Family Church. We are so glad you decided to check out our podcast. Our prayer is that this teaching from Pastor Tommy will encourage your faith and lead you towards the greatness God has planned for you. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoy this message. About vision casting and, you know, results for 23. Um, at the end of the day, um, if anybody wants to know my heart, um, that's what I want uh, is him. Um, so anything we talk about tonight is all with that sentiment in mind. Um, but thank you for coming out tonight. You know, I, I look around and I agree with Shannon. These, these are my favorite people. Um, and uh, not that we, I mean, we'll just leave it at that, right? <laughs> we just love you guys. And, and, and I would say this as well, that if you came out tonight knowing tonight was a church update, you know, there are some people who can't be here because of work and different things. So we understand that. But uh, if you came out tonight knowing that, then, then I would say you consider this your church, and this is important to you. So um, uh, one thing I want to convey, and even I was, as I was standing there, is, um, you know, as the pastor of the church, you know, at the end of the day, Jesus is the head of the church, right? So as a pastor, you know, your job is just to do your best to follow him uh, so, and, and to do what he wants to do. So, you know, I, I'm just, you know, I'm not here tonight to sell you a, a vision, <laughs> or convince you of something. I'm just here to share with you what the Lord's laid on my heart for the coming year and, uh, and to review a little bit of update about um, the last year as well. Um, but uh, Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 through 3, often read verse of scripture when you're talking about vision. I wanted to start with this. It says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for appointed time, but at the end it will speak, and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Let's pray before we get started. Um, Father, thank you so much that you love us. You have a plan for us and for our church, and uh, you have a, a goal and things for us to accomplish for your kingdom as a part of your plan. And so I just ask you for help, for help and wisdom and guidance uh, that you know, even as we share the things we share tonight, the things that are of you, that they would take root and grow. And the things that are just, you know, good thoughts, but maybe not something you've thought of, um, that they just fall by the wayside. And I'm open for that and, and, and willing for that. So I just thank you for leading and guiding us tonight as we take a look at things in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as I said, tonight I want to uh, do a brief review of, you know, how we performed as a church in 2023. But I want to spend most of the time talking about 2024. I'm reminded when I say that of uh, a, a president and a CEO of a company that I once knew. He, he hired me to come to work for the company uh, I work for now, actually, and he's retired. But every year, you know, um, it, it's common for businesses to sort of say, here's the vision for the year. And he would, he'd do the review, and he'd spend just about this much time on it and say, that was so much yesterday, um, you know. And so, you know, if you spend too much time focusing on yesterday, um, you can either get really down about your failures or you can get really prideful about your accomplishments. Um, and so I don't want to spend a lot of time there, but I do, but I, I do want to just talk a little bit because I think it's important for you guys to know how we performed. And I also want to look forward, but when I look forward, I want to be really careful um, with, these, with, with specifically this verse in mind in James chapter 4. It says, come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such, a such and such a city and spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, 
we will, we shall live and do this or that. And, you know, I, I can remember, you know, when I first started the church, man, this year we're going to do this. And this year, and, um, and, you know, I mean, uh, you know, the zeal of youth and uh, I'm still young. I still believe I'm young in my own mind. Um, probably just as foolish as I was then. But anyway, I guess at the end of the day, um, you know, over the years, I've recognized that sometimes God's timing um, is not your timing. He's not the cause for the delay, but sometimes things just delay things, and sometimes things get in the way. And so I think it's more important to talk about, you know, as we look at this, just humbly, this is what, you know, I believe the Lord's leading us to. Um, and, and, and so it's important to do that. And then secondly, I also think it's important as we look towards the future and what I believe some of the things the Lord has laid on my heart for the coming year, that we don't, you know, grab hold of those things and try to do those things in our own strength. Um, I think sometimes, you know, the Bible talks about the Lord will show you the end of a matter, right? He knows the beginning and the end, and he'll show you the end before the beginning at times. And then he doesn't tell you what's in between. And, and, I, and, and I think a lot of times human nature is to grab the end and try to make it happen. When reality, you know, I think he says, here's the end, so just trust me. And just take one step at a time. And, and, you know, it's often the advice I've even given to my kids as they've thought about careers and where they want to go. They, you know, the schools try to tell them, you need to know what career you're going to be and pick it. And, 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 and they were like, Dad, I don't know. I was like, then don't worry about it. Just take the next logical step. Follow the peace in your heart and God will lead you to the next one and the next one and the next one. You'll wind up where you're supposed to be. Um, and that's, that, that takes a lot of stress out of life. And so as we look forward, we want to make sure that, that God is leading us as a church and I want you to know that's my heart, right? And so if at any point anything I've said, you know, I don't care about losing face. If the Lord says you were wrong, then I'm just going to tell you I was wrong and we'll, we'll change direction. Um, but Psalm 127 verse 1 says this. It says, unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchmen stay awake in vain. It is in vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he gives his beloved sleep or rest. And so um, it's important to recognize that when God's doing something, um, he'll lead you and guide you. And it may require work and different things, but it's not the toil that this verse sort of conveys. It's very much uh, a restful uh, way of doing things. And I think over the last couple of years, and I'll maybe touch on this a little bit further down, but I think over the last couple of years, the Lord has really um, helped us as a church, or helped me as a leader anyway, um, and I hope that's conveyed out to the church. Um, uh, this, that, that mindset of not trying to do too much, but just do what he says. Uh, because at the end of the day, only God can give godly, sustainable increase. I mean, you can produce increase by the strength of your own hand. We see that in business all the time, by, by ungodly people even. But godly, sustainable increase, and godly, sustain, even, even maybe not increase, just godly sustainability uh, it can only be accomplished by following what he tells you to do. And so, and so we want to, as we talk about the things of, you know, that we've, we've accomplished, that'll be very short, but as we look at 2024, it's really important to understand that all of this should be with a mindset of, God, you know, we're doing our best, right, to follow you, but our trust and hope is in you. And that's what, that's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 6. He said, I planted and Apollos watered, so there was something for them to do, right? So it's not being lazy and sitting back and just saying, I'm not going to do anything and just trust God to do it all, because that would be lazy and irresponsible. So there are things to do. But he said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything nor he who waters, right? If you're doing what God told you to do, then 
the result is just because he said to do it. You're not, you can't brag about that. But God who gives the increase. Now, he who plants and he who waters are one. And so that says that each one of us have a part to play. But as we work together, we're one family doing that. And each one who will, and here's the good part, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. And so what that says is, is that we do have a part to play, but God gives the increase. So always put your expectation on God. But as you're doing the things, recognize you are uh, storing up rewards in heaven. And, and I think, you know, as I think about that, um, you know, what we talk about as a church and the goals here on earth we want to accomplish, that's really, it's important because it's, it's affecting the kingdom of God. But at the end of the day, in the scope of eternity, the most relevant thing is, is are you producing a life that you're going to be pleased to put before the Lord? Are you producing a kind of life that says, Lord, I, I you know, I did what I want to do, and you're going to hear. And, you know, when we think about rewards, we think about, you know, all sorts of things that benefit us. But, you know, I, I think the greatest reward we'll be able to receive is to look into the eyes of the one who died for us and to hear him say, you did a good job. You know, you were good and faithful. And so that's the intent of what we're sharing tonight, right? So, um, and so let's, let's take a look first of all. I'm only going to, I got two slides prepared for 2023. If anybody wants more detail, you're certainly will, welcome to ask. But, you know, as, as his name was Mont Phelps. Uh, as Mont Phelps said, um, that's so yesterday. So uh, 2023 in review, just a couple of things to point out. First of all, uh, uh, our average attendance, I always like to let folks know where we stand there. Um, and we were up year over year, which is good news. Um, we averaged about 77 people on Sunday mornings. And actually, the tail end of this year uh, increased that number. So we're actually larger than that right now on Sunday mornings, typically. We're around 100 uh, the last two or three Sunday mornings. So uh, Wednesday nights, 32 folks. Um, and our, that means our weekly attendance and just breathing bodies that we minister to on a weekly basis on average is about 109 people, right? So that it could be the same people we're counting, but it's two different times you've ministered to them. The other good news is, is, uh, this, is this is actually lower than previous years, but we still had some results. 24 people responded to our altar call. Now, that doesn't mean 24 people were born again. It means we either had people born again, recommit, or come forward for prayer and to, to take a step forward in their relationship with the Lord, whatever capacity that service was focused on. So 24 folks there. Uh, I will tell you, in our history of our church, we've been as much as 200 in a year. So I can tell you right now, um, that's so yesterday. <laughs> Thank God for the 24, but my heart longs for more. Uh, because I believe the heart of the Lord of the harvest longs for more. Um, secondly, uh, finances, if anybody wants to know, our total contributions, and I've got to blow this up a little bit. Um, our total contributions for the year were just a shade under $230,000. Our operational expenses, so that's the things that it takes just to run the day-to-day -day business of the church, and all of those things was $181,149. Um, our missions and giving, which is lower than it's ever been. I'm going to talk about this tonight. All right, this is one of the big things I'm going to focus on. This is lower than it's ever been in the history of the church because the finances were so constrained. Um, but $5,398, thank God we were able to do that. And then debt and principal, uh, we paid, uh, basically paid this building down almost $42,000, well, almost $41,500 this year. So the good, uh, for anybody that wants to know, I always talk about a million-dollar mortgage. We are now down to just six figures. <laughs> 
<laughs> no longer a seven-figure mortgage, so it's, it's under six, so praise the Lord for that, which gave us a net income of 1488. So if you watch our monthly updates that I would send out every month, I was, you know, always want to be positive, right? But if you looked at the financial part, you'd see budget, below budget income. Uh, but what we did was, is we just used wisdom and constraint and and, and, and tighten things as much as we could so that at the end of the year, we still wound up in the positive. So, um, you know, a budget is a budget, right? Um, you know, a lot of people think a budget is something that's flexible, right? So we set a budget for what we would like to see. Um, and so we just had to cut some corners in some areas. And, uh, you know, some people had to step up and give some extra at different occasions. And so that's fine. Um, and then from a building fund standpoint, you can see it over there as well. We've got $11,055 in our building fund right now that, that can be allocated towards, um, you know, activities as we decide to pull the trigger on that. Some 2023 successes. This is a pretty big list, but I just thought I'd go back for a moment and just hit some of the highlights of the things we did. You know, our vision, and we'll talk about it in a moment, is really to meet friends, worship God, hear the word, and be the blessing. And so as you look at these things that we did, they all contributed to, to providing that atmosphere as a church. And so just some of the high points, we had a chili cook-off. We're going to have another one in February. Uh, we did an Easter egg hunt for the first time in a couple of years, which was a good thing. Uh, we had our June anniversary service for youth camp. We were able to send uh, seven teens and adults to church, and the church fully paid for them to be able to go, which is a really big deal. I don't know about you, but I was filled with the Holy Spirit at church youth camp. So those are, those are uh, just, just anchor moments typically in the lives of teenagers. So that's good. Um, if you attended our summer movie nights, those were a lot of fun, small group of folks. But those are always fun just to come together and create that atmosphere of friends. Um, our back-to-school neighborhood canvassing was great. Actually, we, we, netted, we actually netted, if we're talking about fishing, right? We got two families that are attending on a pretty consistent basis from that effort and so uh, that was a good thing um, uh, we restarted Wednesday nights you know uh, in September we hadn't done Wednesday nights in four or five years and so um, we restarted those and so that's a good thing um, our October family Sunday topped 100 in attendance that was our largest attended Sunday uh, of the year and uh, we're actually now um, the last two weeks we've been right there at that same number so uh, we're growing um, in October, uh, or in the third quarter of this year, we, we actually added five new families that actually signed as members and received membership certificates at the church. Um, you know, our October Halloween uh, outreach to the neighborhood over here is always a really good success, and as we continue to do that, I believe it will be Operation Christmas Child uh, with uh, uh, Franklin Graham Ministries was another big success. Um, and then the Agape Center Angel Tree Outreach. Thank you guys for what you did there and everybody that supported that. Good things there. And then, you know, I, I think our Christmas party is always fun. Then worship nights, men's, and, and, and I specifically want to call out our men's group. Um, and, and not just because you're sitting here. <laughs> but, you know, one of the key components of, of, of our vision is to be a place where we meet friends, Right. Um, and, and what was in my heart when, when the Lord dropped that in my heart was not just meeting friends during regular service times. It was really a church where you had friendships outside of those service times. And th that can only come by folks meeting together outside of service times. So I, was, I, I listed this as a success because I'm extremely pleased to see the camaraderie and the consistency that we see in our men's group. And, and I would just tell you that uh, one of the things that I would hope is, is that you would be sensitive as a member. Are there areas where I could pull people together? Maybe it's not a Bible study. Maybe it's just, you know, a, folks that go to supper together or whatever. But I just think those groups 
And the more we formal, I don't mean to formalize, but the more we make those available to people are going to be critical for us to grow as a church. And so that was a great success. And, and Bill, I just really do appreciate um, you being able to just follow through and do that. It was really important. And then, you know, I also am thrilled we started back our quarterly servant celebrations. There's a lot of people that serve here. Uh, and so I think it's important to, to thank those folks. And then once again, the 24 altar call respondents. So summary for 23, then we'll move on, right? So, so much, that was so yesterday. Primarily a year of us continuing really to eliminate the unnecessary things that were just us doing something and really just, you know, uh, gaining a little ground in some areas and holding steady in others. So what does 2024 hold for us? Once again, Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 and 3 says, Then the Lord answered and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. So what is our vision and what are our values? They will not change. Uh, our values are very simple. We're a church of people that love God with all of our heart. We embrace that value, that we love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, all our flesh, all our strength, all our might. We are a group of people that that is our number one priority. Number two, we value others as God does. Every person sitting in this room, every person that walks in this door, no matter how we view them with our natural eye, it is our desire that everybody would value, see the value in people, Stop to, you know, when we're, when we're running our different directions to look at someone and ask the question, you know, here's a valuable person. Do they need to be heard? Is there, is, there, is there a need in their life? We value others. And then we use our gifts to serve. All of us are not just coming to church, but we're finding areas where we can use our gifts to serve. And, and, and that plays into our vision. And I want to spend a little bit of time on this. You know, our vision is simply this. We want to be a church, and we say it all, I say it all the time. And it's not, it's not just a catchphrase or a tagline, but I hope you know it by now. We want to be a place where you can meet friends, worship God, hear the word, and be a blessing. Those four areas are the areas the Lord had us focus on. But as I was praying about this, really, uh, you know, uh, I think it's really interesting because how many realize God operates outside of space and time? And yet we sort of look at this, God saying this this year and then this year, right? And you know, I think that's the way people operate. But, you know, for me, as I was praying about, you know, the coming year, the Lord really challenged me that some of the things he spoke to my heart way back in 2001 when I started this church, some of the pictures and images he placed in my heart, he sort of revived those in me and said, those have never changed, son. Um, and so, you know, I, I've become much more um, general in what our long-term vision is you know, and that's really this, it's to be an ever-growing church that sees weekly commitments to Christ and gives one-plus million dollars to stateside and overseas missions. You know, as I, as I started this church and the Lord dropped it in my heart, he reminded me that that's still there, right? And over the years, you know, seeing ebbs and flows, it's sort of beat on that, and I've sort of tucked it away and just left it alone and haven't spoken about it as much. But tonight, I really felt like the Lord wanted me to remind everyone that, you know, even though, you know, we're not about just being the next big church on the corner, I believe God wants us to have a strong influence in reaching as many people as we can reach and discipling as many people as we can disciple and growing into a body of growing believers that have an influence beyond the, the, what we just see in the room right here, right? You know, to the end that we're giving, I, I honestly, in my heart, what I have in my heart when I started this church was that we would be a church that would sow a million dollars a year to other ministries, well, 5,600 a year is a far cry from that, right? But it's a start. But the Lord just challenged me and said, that's still available if you'll believe for it. 
And so I'm going to talk a little bit about that, um, you know, um, and why that's important to us. But, you know, um, our vision continues. So, so how, how do we do our part? What is our plan for the, the coming year to sort of fulfill that? First, first is this. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6 says this. It says, and I am sure of this, that he who began, everybody say began. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. I believe one of the things the Lord really challenged me about was for the coming year, you know, no knee-jerk reactions, right? No grand announcements, but simply one of the things is, is, is just for him to continue what he's already doing. Um, I, I am thrilled as the pastor of this church with the, the membership and the attitude and the spirit of our people. I, I, I really am. I mean, we're a loving, care-about-each-other group of people. And, and, you know, I want to be really careful that we don't tinker with that or mess that up, right? We just want to continue to be that. And so one of the things the Lord, you know, challenged me about is we're going to continue doing just what he's told us to do. And that's simply embrace our values and do our best to accommodate the vision that of, of meeting friends, worshiping God, and hearing the word. So we're going to embrace our values. We're going to love each other. We're going to love God, and we're going to serve. Uh, we're going to embrace our marching orders to provide a place to meet friends and opportunities to do so as the Lord deals with us about it. We're going to step forward in areas. We're going to continue providing opportunities for spirit-led worship. Right? I thank God we, we, we're a church that believes in the, the Holy Spirit and the fullness of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to continue to give place to that. And we're going to continue to teach the Word of God to children, youth, and adults with no compromise. No compromise. Um, and, then, uh, and then each person is going to continue serving. But there are a couple of things that the Lord pressed upon me that I think we need to do, be more urgent about. And that's really what I want to spend the rest of our time talking about. And it really comes from this verse of Scripture in John chapter 4. It says, Do you not say there are still four months and then comes harvest? And so he's saying, don't you guys say, you know, hey, tomorrow's another day, right? That's basically the sentiment there. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. So what I'm going to share is based on the context of this verse. And, you know, I'm sure when uh, I was, you know, when my parent, my dad was 60 years old or 57 years old, he thought Jesus was coming tomorrow the way I believe he could come tomorrow, right? Dark just keeps getting darker, right? And hopefully light gets lighter. But what I do recognize is this, is that based on everything we see in the culture around us, Jesus is coming soon. He is coming soon. And there are people, whether he comes tomorrow or whether he comes 10 years from now or 50 years from now, there are people in our culture that our lives touch that need the Lord. There are people that need the Lord. And if you can't look around the culture and you can't see the, the direction it's headed in, then you have to be just plain, stark, blind to not recognize that. And so with that in mind, you know, there, you know I believe we have to take this, the, the blinders off, you know, because when we sing songs like, all, you know, uh, you're all I want, right? That can become very selfish, right, if, we, if we're not careful. I just want you. I don't care about reaching anybody. I don't care about, I just want you. And so we're just a church that just wants to host the presence of God, right? But we don't care about people. But I can tell you there are more people outside of this room today that need Jesus. 
And so if anybody has any question about the things I'm going to share next, it is simply because people need the Lord. And the Lord has stirred me up that the vision we have for our church, the things we need to accomplish are all to the end that we would reach more people. And so one of the things he's challenged me is this. Um, We're going to continue to manage our expenses wisely, but here's one thing he's challenged me. We need to increase our giving to other ministries. We need to increase our giving to other ministries. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 7 says, But as you abound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace, and you could say this grace of giving also if you read that in context. He's talking about giving. So I'm not talking about you individually, right? I promise you that. Um, Now, it will affect you. You'll have opportunity individually to give more if that's the way the Lord leads you. But I'm never, I'm not a fundraiser, I'm not an arm twister, and I never will be. <laughs> I just won't. Um, but I will tell you that as the pastor of this church, the Lord has challenged me that we are going to give more to, to other ministries. The six ministries we support, and you can see those on the screen, they'll pop those up. But the six ministries we support, we're going to give more to those ministries in 2024. And so um, as a church, you know, that harvest needs to be reaped. And so one of the things we're going to be doing in the coming year is um, instead of the the way I've managed the money and our giving has been um, I would either give off the top, right, and and then I would use the rest to, you know, manage the business. Over the last year, it's been so tight that I, I, I couldn't give off the top. I had to just spend the money on operations, and so we could only give $5,000. You, you know, you can't write faith checks. Some of you realize it's not godly to write faith checks, right? And so, and so I was praying. I said, Lord, this isn't right. We need to be giving more. And so the Lord challenged me and really gave me the idea from a friend of mine, to be honest with you, that I was just watching from a distance what his church was doing. And we're going to do this. I, I believe the Lord's told me to do it. I'm not going to manage our giving to other ministries based on day-to-day income. We're going to have a single harvest offering that we're going to take in September. You can just pop it up there. On September the 27th, 2024, I am believing God that as we encourage this through the year and people save toward it, prepare for it, think about it, we're going to raise $24,000 to give away to other ministries that are doing the work of the Lord to those six ministries that we support. What that'll mean is, is we'll be able to give each one of them $4,000. And the way we're going to do that is we're going to give $3,000 to them, and we're going to take 1000 of it and use it to bring them here so they can share with you what they've done. So that we're not just giving to faceless pictures on a screen. So that being said, mark your calendars now because it is coming. And come August, September, I'll be talking about this pretty heavily. But throughout the year, I'm going to bring it up so people are thinking about it. On Sunday, September the 27th, 2024, we'll be taking up a harvest, a, a basically a harvest offering, a single offering, and we as a church are going to raise $24,000. So how are you going to do that? Start setting aside money now. If you set aside $100 every couple weeks, you could probably give $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 towards that offering. And I believe we're going to exceed that. And we as a church are going to sow seed that is at least 10% of our regular operational income. 
and we're going to be able to do our part in reaping a harvest elsewhere outside of, you know, the Jerusalem we're living in. And so that's one thing we're going to be doing this year is we're going to be actually taking up a single harvest offering Sunday, September 27th, the last Sunday of September, and we're going to sow that to those ministries. They don't know it yet, but you know it, right? And so, uh, and so we're going to be doing that. What's the next area of urgency and focus? Second area of emergency of focus is this. Um, we're going to trust God and do our best to move our building project forward. Okay? Um, so i got to tell you, this is an absolute must if we're going to continue to want to grow. You know, we had a, a guest show up Sunday, right? And they couldn't even figure out how to get into the building because they had to park in the back. That's just not a good first experience for people. And you say, well, that's so superficial. If they love Jesus, you know, people, listen, sometimes we've been called to reach superficial people who won't be superficial until you reach them, right? And so we have to get that building back to where it's operational, where people can walk in the back, park in the back, come through it, use it, whatever. And so I can tell you, I've prayed about this. I've talked to people about different ideas. I've even considered bulldozing the whole thing and turning it into a parking lot and just using this and building a small building on the back of it. Looked at all the different logistics. And at the end of the day, I just feel like the Lord has challenged me um, to, to simply take what we have, scale back the project we had, because that was a project that somebody else was leading that's no longer here, scale it back some, and actually do something that's feasible and that we can you know, you eat an elephant one bite at a time, <laughs> that we can do in bite-sized chunks. So Haggai chapter 1, verse 3 through 4 and 8 says this. It says, in the world, Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Go up unto the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. And so, how are we going to do this? Um, well, first of all, I believe we're going to give opportunity for people to give, right? Um, and, and opportunity for people to be a part of what, we, what we're doing. But I think we need to be more specific in what we're doing. So one of the things we're doing is I'm looking at the plan right now. I'd hope to have a little bit more concrete stuff to show you tonight. But um, we're looking at the current plan that we have, and we're scaling it back some. There's some walls we're going to leave. There's some things we're not going to take out that will reduce some costs there, that will rec- reduce some rebuild there. Uh, we're going to put a new roof on the building, new doors on the building, and we'll actually be able to turn that building into something that's functional, operational, and looks nice. And so, um, so the first step of that, and so I'll be announcing, you know, the, the building project and what, how that's scaled back, what the new target cost is. Um, but the first step in doing that is simply this. We need to put a roof on that building. So that's the first step. So... If that's all we accomplish in 2024, then I'll be thrilled. I'm believing we're going to get one and two done. So I'm going to share with you the first two steps. I don't have the cost yet, but I'll have that soon. That's why I'm not announcing this on Sunday morning. But the first step will be simply a raise the roof campaign. And that raise the roof campaign is really uh, a campaign to basically put a roof on the building. But there's a little statement there at the bottom. No roof will hold us back from bringing people to Christ. I refuse to let a roof, by faith in Jesus' name, stand in the way of us reaching more people, right? And I'm not talking about reaching more churched people. I'm talking about reaching people that sit in that neighborhood right across from us that wouldn't think about going to church even possibly. I'm talking about reaching unchurched and lost people, right? 
And so if you think about Mark chapter uh, 2 there, that's the story of them ripping the roof off. Their mindset was, there ain't a roof that's going to stand in the way for me getting people to Jesus. So our mindset as a group of believers needs to be, that roof is not going to be an obstacle anymore. We're going to put a roof on this building. So we're going to announce a raise the roof project, and we're going to set a goal, and we're going to give aggressively as we can towards it. And and I'm just going to, I'm not a fundraiser. I'm not an arm twister. But I'm believing God will give people creative ideas. Some people may say, hey, here's a fundraiser. I'm willing to lead. Then fine, lead it. Right? Uh, but at the end of the day, we're going we're to put a roof on that building. The second, step will be on, uh, the second step will be a windows and door campaign. Real simple. We're going to break them apart. We did have them together. We're going to break them apart. Once we get the roof on it, we're going to put windows and doors on there, and we're going to establish windows and doors of opportunity for people to come to Christ. So those are going to be the two projects, one right after the other. And what that will do is, once that's done, with the current walling and structures that we have in there with a few little tweaks here and there, we can actually use our own elbow grease, our own ability, our own labor to finish the inside of that building off so that it's a functional, usable, nice building. And here's the, here's the, here's the end result of this. How many of you realize if you're going to be a church that gives a million dollars a year to stateside and overseas missions, this campus will not hold that size of a church? How many of you realize that? Unless you just have a couple billionaires in here that are just giving a lot of money. We'd take that. That's fine. But that, you know, I I would rather reach more people, to be honest with you. So what that tells me is this, is this building is not our end home. It will never be our end home. Heaven's our end home, right? But at some point, if we grow towards what's in my heart, we're going to have to get rid of this building. Well, to get rid of it, we need something that somebody would want to buy, right? So I will tell you, Finishing that building, making it functional, making it nice, making it presentable, giving it some curb appeal, it will allow us to grow, first of all, to the point that we have to sell the building, right? And, and that's a long time from now, from where we're at now. But that first phase in 2024 is going to be, first of all, focused on putting a roof on it. I, I mean, I am dog-determined with all the faith that I have within me that we will raise the money to be able to execute paying someone who knows what they're doing to put a real roof on that building that matches this one, and then we can go from there. That's, that's the goal. So that's the next thing the Lord's challenged me to do, and so we'll need everybody to rally behind that and figure out and think about ways that we can do that. And I will tell you this. Over the last year, the Lord really challenged me as we faced the financial struggles that we faced you know, when I looked for ways to get through some of those options, the Lord really challenged me, was I living in my giving by the bare minimum? Now, this is not anything I'm going to put on anybody else, but I'm just going to tell you, sometimes you just lead by example, and I don't say this for any other reason than this. The Lord challenged me that, you know, under the old covenant, the tithe was something the Lord asked for. But we live under a new and better covenant based on love that is sacrificial love that says, I'm willing to sacrifice. And so the Lord challenged me, you've got, me personally, I had gotten comfortable and just stroking my tithe check and moving on, stroking my tithe check and moving on. Well, he challenged me, and, and I'm not going to share with any you guys any numbers, but the Lord challenged me, and I answered the challenge. And I said, you know what? If I live by a new and better covenant, by a man who gave, a, a God and a man who gave his life for me, then I can certainly live my life with an eternal mindset that says it's not about my stuff, it's about his kingdom. 
And that has to be a mindset we embrace as a small body of believers if we're going to move forward, right? We have to think about, you know, what is the Lord asking of me? Because at the end of the day, we don't live by the law of tithing. That's, that's an Old Testament ritual, right? That's just a standard that was originally set. Do I believe tithing's important today? I do believe it is. But I believe that that's not what you're called to. You're called to be led by the Spirit of God in your giving. And if it's a new and better covenant, and it's a sacrificial covenant, then why not raise the standard in your life to 20, 25, 30? Why not get to that place? Why? So you can say, look what I did? Or so that you can say, Lord, my life was about something eternal, right? All right? So I'm just going to share that and put it out there that as we move toward this came, the Lord may challenge you. I'm, I'm just going to give opportunity. We're going to trust God. And if you, if you can't just give it, maybe the Lord challenge you to do something, to raise some money. Go sell hot dogs in front of Burger King or whatever you want to do. I, you know, but just roll the sleeves up and let's get this done. I believe the Lord wants us to do our best. It's not right. I mean, just think about it. If, if, if you were sitting in your house and your roof had leaks all in it, would you just sit there and let it continue to have leaks all in it? Well, if you call this your church home, this is your house. So we need to figure out with all of us, no, no one person, but all of us need to figure out how we're going to fix this, how we're going to move it forward. We're going to trust God, but we're going to do our part. Amen? Psalm 120, and then what's the last thing we're going to focus on? And I'll close with this. Um, you know, we're going to have to create, uh, 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 embrace a level of greater urgency in seeing weekly commitments to Christ. A greater level of urgency in reaching people for the gospel. As I said before, John chapter 4 and verse 35, do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. He says, look up. What's he saying? He says, right now, there's a harvest to be reaped. Not next week, not next month, not next year, not two or three years after we get everything finished on our campus. Right now, there's a harvest to be reaped. And we've got to increase our intensity and focus on reaching the lost weekly. Part of that vision is, is that we would see weekly commitments to Christ. Well, let me tell you, you can't have weekly commitments to Christ if everybody you have in the room loves the Lord with all their heart and they're living right. The best they, you know, they're living pretty good, right? We have to look around our lives. And you say, well, I've touched everybody I can't. Well, then start looking further. But we have to do our best to bring people in weekly. And one of the things I've recognized as a pastor over the 23 years of doing this is that, you know, there was this big push for big days, and everybody brings somebody on this big day, and it cre created a big day and then a huge sucking sound after the big day. Uh, this has to be just a DNA of our church. Well, we're so hungry for the harvest because Jesus is hungry for the harvest, and so we're inviting people to church on a regular basis. Psalm 126 says, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing. Notice this, bringing his sheaves with him. Part of, part of a healthy church is, is that people are bringing people to church with them. That their lives have touched, that they've invited. And so the level of urgency in that needs to rise within each one of us. 2 Corinthians 6.2 says, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of the salvation. Now is the day of salvation. Every day is now. 
Tomorrow's not now. Today is now. And so we've got to embrace the idea that Jesus is coming soon. And if the person that you touch today, you, you weren't sensitive to the opportunity or you passed on the opportunity to share Christ with them and he came back and they missed heaven because of that. Man, I don't want to be that person. And that's challenging to me at times, right? But we have to be willing to be that guy. You know what I mean by be that guy, right? That guy's all he ever does is talk about Jesus. Well, I want him to like me. Well, I'd rather him not like me and make heaven than to like me and make hell. We have to embrace the mindset of this is urgent. You need to get to church with me. God loves you. And so, and so we need to do that. And so I will tell you, we're not going to do anything new. I've, 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 this concept the Lord dropped in my heart 15 years ago. And I know if we embrace this as a church, family, together, it will produce more lost and unchurched people. And once again, remember this. This is not about building a church. This is not about numbers and people and growing and saying we're a big church. This is about getting people and disciples into the kingdom of God, looking for the lost and unchurched. And so this 54321 concept, I've talked about it a lot. I want to make sure everybody understands it. Um, uh, why 54321? This is real simple. Church statistics prove this, that if a person will attend church for three consecutive weeks, they will settle in and call that their church home and, con and, con and continue to attend there consistently or at least inconsistently. They, they, will, they will call that their church home. 80% of the people that do that will stay. And so this whole plan is really simply this. As a collective body, our goal should be, not individually, but our goal should be as a collective body that we have five unchurched or lost people that come to church here for three consecutive weeks through your invitations, through your, your, you know, and how many realize that's a methodical invitation to ask somebody to come for three weeks. That's not just, hey, you ought to come join me at church. It's like, hey, I care about you. <laughs> Jesus loves you. And if you don't have a church home, I want you to come to church with me for the next three weeks. Right? That's important. Why? So that we can say we hit our 80% mark and we added our three families in any given quarter? I could care less about the, that. I, I want people to come to know Jesus and escape hell, become disciples that reach other people, right? And so this 54321 program, it's a catchy phrase, but it's just five families for three consecutive weeks in any given quarter that'll lead to a growing body in Christ. What that would mean is this. If we did this as a church... Collectively, we had five people come for three consecutive weeks in any given quarter. That means in any given quarter, we will add, based on the statistics, we will add three families a quarter to our church. That means 12 new families at the end of this year. And I'm not talking about saying, woo, look now, we're bigger. I'm talking about 12 families that are looking for answers. 12 people that don't have peace in their heart. 12 people that don't know Jesus like you do, right? 
See, as I talk about, you know, our vision for 2024, I've talked about some mechanics and tactical things we're going to do, but at the end of the day, this for me is all about John chapter 4 and verse 35. Do not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes, look on the fields. They are already white for harvest. God has ignited something on the inside of me that says there is an urgency. The world is going to hell in a handbasket. People don't even, we're teaching kids to not even know whether, what gender they are. This is a crazy world we're living in. It is critical that we love people and don't judge them. And that we invite them to church so that we can share the beauty of the gospel. That says Jesus died on a cross so that he could have a relationship with you through the forgiveness of your sins. And so that he could bring you peace. It is, that, that is what's in my heart. And so when I talk about increasing the level of urgency, I'm not talking about some you know, program I'm trying to sell you, right? I'm just saying in 2024, the Lord has challenged me. We need to increase our giving per, as a church to reap the harvest. People will never see but to reap the harvest. We need to intensify our efforts to complete our building project, to remove the obstacle that stands in the way of some people that are that superficial, right? And it, I don't mean that in, in a derogatory sense towards them. It's just the culture. We need to remove the obstacle. And number three, we need to increase our personal effort in getting others to church. Our goal should be at the start of every calendar quarter, who's going to be my person that I get here for three weeks? You may succeed, you may not succeed, but if everybody embraces that, we can easily as a church body find three families or people that will do that for three weeks and we'll reach more people for the kingdom of God. Amen? Now while we're doing all this above, I want to be careful about something and I'm going to close with this. I, I, I remember times in my past where the Lord had led me to, Lord had led me to share projects and different things, and I took the project and embraced it. Something we got to do. We just need to be obedient. But 100% of our trust needs to remain in Him. Psalm 33 and verse 20 says, We put our hope in the Lord, He is our protector and our help. We are glad because of him. We trust in his holy name. May your constant love be with us, Lord, as we put our hope in you. My prayer is, is that we don't take this and run out the door with our hair on fire trying to do something for Jesus. My prayer is that we'll just simply be obedient as I do my best as a pastor to roll these things out, to step up and do our part, but trusting in the fact that he will bring the increase. He will bring the blessing He'll continue to manifest his presence in the beautiful way that he already is doing in our congregation. Amen? Amen. Bow your heads with me. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that it's true. I've done my best to share my heart, to share what I believe is direction you've given me to lead us in. And I humbly say that and I recognize the awesome responsibility that is. So I just ask you as a group of believers that you would knit our hearts together around just being obedient to recognize the day in which we're living and realize that we have been called into the kingdom for such a time as this. That there is a world around us that is getting darker, but we are called to be light. 
We are called to lay down our lives in service and giving and and, and, in every area to further your kingdom and snatch people from the fire, snatch people from the turmoil to bring your peace, love, and hope to them. So I thank you for helping us do that. Thank you. As we set direction on this, I understand that it can't be accomplished without you. So we put our hope and trust in you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right. Yes, ma'am. So could we get September 27th? Mm-hmm. Can we start giving now and don't get I would, I would rather you not. Okay. Hold it. Hold it. Save it yourself. Rather you not. And let me tell you why. Because when the budget has been constrained at times... The, the building fund has had to support the budget, and we've had to go back and forth. I don't want to do that with this. I don't want to touch it. I don't want to touch it. I want it to come in on the 27th, and I want it to go right back out the door on the 27th to the people that we've designated it for. Make sense? Okay. Any other questions? I'm certainly open for any. Yes? Is it? Are you sure? 2024? Well, good. Thanks. Thanks. We did this in a closed environment. Leave it to Kyle to figure that one out. When's the last Sunday in September? The 29th. So September 29th. And I'll change that on the slide. So we'll get that fixed. Thank you for correct for, for letting me know that. I would have hated to put that out. By the way, just personal note: I put out a 500-person email at my secular job the other day that had an error in it. And I had to fix it, and they shut my email down because you can only send so many in a day. And I felt horrible, but. Thank you for correcting this in a small group. And for those that are watching, this is the 29th of September. All right. Um, any other questions? Okay. Well, I've already prayed, so I'll bless you guys and wish you the best this evening. Thank you for coming out. And if you have any questions you want to ask one-on-one, you're certainly open to do that. And if you want to go deeper into the finances, I'll, I'll open up QuickBooks and show it all to you. There's nothing to hide. But, um, you know, I figured I didn't want to bore you with the details. So, amen. God bless you. We'll see you on Sunday. Thanks for listening to our Grace Family Church podcast. We really hope you enjoyed this message. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, we would love for you to get connected. Just go to gfcva.info to learn more about who we are, how to give to this ministry, or how you can get involved. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.